Hi, everyone. You're listening to Making Account, a podcast that explores everyday financial topics to debunk common money myths. We're your hosts, Christina. And Will. Whether you're just establishing yourself financially, working to break that paycheck to paycheck cycle, or wanting to optimize your savings, we've been there. And done that and still have more to learn. So join us as we interview local financial experts, answer your burning questions, and share our own money experiences on Making Making It Count. Hi guys, we're back with another really topical episode of Making It Count. And this time we're going to be discussing a subject that's really probably on a lot of our minds, and it's about preventing identity theft and fraud during the pandemic. Christina, I'm really happy that we're covering this issue because a lot of people feel um, justifiably really worried about their financial security right now. I mean, people are worrying about, you know, even getting paid um, or getting, you know, their stimulus check or anything of any sort. So the last thing that people should have to worry about right now is someone stealing your identity. Exactly. And I'm hoping that today we're going to get some really great tips about our about saving our finances and keeping it protected. Same. So we have invited two experts from the Network Security Service Team at Addition Financial for our guest interview and making it count essentials portion of the podcast. That's awesome. We have such great smart friends, don't we? I'm so excited. In this sum up, we're going to discuss a trend at FTC is jumping on to keep an awareness about different scams during the pandemic. And then our favorite segment, what What did did we we learn today? today? And then lastly, we'll provide a few resources for preventing identity theft and how to protect yourself from fraud in the how to make account segment. Are you ready for that, Will? Let's do it. All right. So, Christina, have you ever known anybody who has had their identity stolen? Um, She's sitting right in front of you. Like, I totally had my identity stolen. And it was so obvious because all of a sudden I kept getting mail for Christina with an H which is not my name. I do not have an H in my name. And it, it was from like Bloomingdale's and like all these places, which I would never shop at. So yeah, Somebody I had, bougie stole it. I know. Uh, and then so I had to do a police report and then they got cell phones and apparently I owed like $1,400 or something. So yeah, I had to get the police involved and I, it's it was really scary because I was afraid it was going to hurt my credit and it was going to damage all this stuff and how much did they have access to and how did they get access to my identity so it was really scary so like how long did it take to kind of like wrap up like when did you kind of view it as like over was it a long time i don't know if it's still over i mean i haven't i did freeze my credit yeah yeah. but i i still every once in a while will get mailed to the wrong christina so i don't know yeah and you probably always have to unfreeze your credit now moving forward so that's that's difficult yep so for me i have been very blessed to never have my identity stolen and i don't know of anybody off the top of my head who i who i can say has had their identity stolen except for for you now <laughs> now i know you're one. so lucky I know one. but i will <laughs> say i'm always very paranoid about it and i try to keep switching out my passwords with passwords which then makes me forget my passwords <laughs> and it's just a, like a reoccurring cycle um and google never believes who i am so it's it's definitely like a tough time these days trying to like navigate the waters. Yeah, I think it's even worse now, which is why we brought in our guests. So let's bring them on in so then they can tell us how we can steer clear of these things. We're super thrilled to have these two people who have a lot of experience themselves protecting other people financially. We have Kevin Schmick and Brian Stevens. Hi, guys. 
Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Oh, he sounds super excited. He does. Brian, you don't sound super excited. Are you I super? Am, I am extremely excited. There we go. There we go. That's what I want to hear. Okay, can you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Kevin Schmick. I'm the Network Services Security Manager here. I have a, quite a large team, and Brian is one of those persons on my team, and we helped uh, prevent and protect member information here and all things information security-wise. Yeah, to follow that up, I, uh, I've been working through the IT ranks uh, for quite some time now, over 12 years. Um, I combine that with a, a degree in computer information systems, and I just wrapped up a master's degree from Penn State in cybersecurity last year. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Awesome. Wow. And I'm just trying to use everything I've learned to help protect the credit union and its members. Well, we are so happy to have you guys here and your knowledge, and I'm sure Will and I will... We'll take a few things away and hopefully I'm sure our listeners will too. Yeah, I always do. So let's jump in with our first question. Um, I've read a few articles recently that have mentioned an increase of fraud due to, to COVID-19. Is that something we should be worried about right now? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, since the 2008 financial crisis, um, fraud has been up quite a bit since then. And recently, since this the COVID-19 pandemic, there's a lot of scams out there. Um, a lot of phishing and uh, smishing is what they call it for text messaging. Uh, we just had one last week where members were getting texts and links in the text. So that's something that you don't want to click on uh, when you get that stuff. But yes, there is a fraud is is up, especially around this time. A lot of the scams are going around, whether it's email or phone calls or just regular old snail mail. Yeah, to to follow that up too, Kevin. Uh, in, in situations like this, this is really what the criminals are looking for. This is like Christmas came early for them. Oh. Is scenarios where um, they know that you are not going to be able to concentrate or be as vigorously watching emails and protecting oh. yourself because your mind is distracted mm. with everything that's going on. Yeah, so with the increase of stress, you're distracted from right. paying attention to it. Yeah. And they're feeding off people's fear right now as well. And I think they're probably fear feeding off of people's goodwill. Because I've also heard exactly. a big thing called charity scams. So what are those? Uh, basically, they are false charities and people trying to get you to donate money um, that is not going to a charity. It's going straight to their pocket. Ugh. And unfortunately, the, the people out there performing these acts can very easily um, trick people into sending them money. Uh, for example, one that I've actually gotten uh, recently was a email from the IRS asking me to fill out direct deposit information. Oh, which the IRS would never ever send you that email. Um, so it's 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 rampant right now, to be honest with you. I, I've been getting a lot of those emails about like set up your. I've gotten one from the IRS. IRS in quotes. I've gotten text messages saying like, "Hey, we can help you with X, Y, Z," and it's like, "Hmm." Yeah, so. I've gotten I've gotten the text messages, but Christina, if you see anything in your inbox that says like, "Help Will," like go for it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Will is stuck in a foreign country. Yeah. I need a thousand dollars. That one will be legit. <laughs> okay, good to know. If it says Will is camping, yeah. I will know that is not real. <laughs> that that will is happen. Will skincare fund. <laughs> that one yeah. is true. That one will. That, that one, one will be true. Be true. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so if it is difficult you know there are people who are going to want to make you know charitable contributions right now so how do we make sure that these requests are legitimate well when you when the request comes in if, if you if you think it looks like a, a scam or a phishing email um 
you know, just delete it. But one thing to double check is if there's phone numbers in there and just, just call the phone number and verify it online. There's plenty of resources online that you can verify legitimate charities versus scammers out there. So I personally, before I donate, I, I go on their website, I get the contact information. Sometimes I'll call before I make a donation. If it's an online donation, just to make sure a lot of the emails that, that, um, you know, you get could, can, could, could be scams. So you definitely want to pay attention to that. Are there different resources that they could use to, to check those, like any website resources that they could use? Yeah. So there's some like the Better Business Wise, Given Alliance, the Charity Watch, Charity Navigator, GuideStar. Those are just some that, uh, you know, members and, and staff can go out and, and use. Great. So we'll, um, we'll have to link those in the show notes. Yes, definitely. So you can you guys can find them really fast. Um, you've already kind of talked about these very strange words that that I didn't hear until recently. Fishing, but fishing with a PH. I'm not going fishing in the sea for tuna. I'm getting fishing. So what does that mean? And how do I make sure that I don't fall against like getting phishing emails? And what is phishing? In security, we have some of the best terms ever. We've got, uh, There's phishing, acronyms for everything. Phishing, smishing. Uh, smurfing. What? There's, there's all kinds. You of mean smurfing. like Papa Smurfs? Like the little, like the little blue people, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Uh, it's I've... with Bluetooth, as a matter of fact. So really, kind of... oh. Anyway, um, phishing emails are, are more common. They've actually been around for a while. Those are the that that's the they, they call it an attack vector. It's coming through your email, whereas uh, vishing with a V is going to be through the phone call. A phone call oh. and smishing is the text message sms okay which you'll see on your cell phone which i've actually seen a, a uptick in um recently during the covid19 breakout is is uh smishing texts i personally have gotten probably about one or two a week wow and they come from you'll see an unknown number mm -hmm. and it'll just have a link in it say hey this is your document. It'll say something strange. Mm -hmm. You won't know where it's from or where it's going. Don't click on it. But it's it's happening a lot right now. So with, I'm I'm kind of jumping the gun with text messages with smishing, <laughs> which I had to look up. What I didn't I didn't know what the acronym SMS is. I always knew it was text messaging, but I didn't know what it was. Oh man, what what is it? Something message service. I love how you were like, I looked it up. And I now looked you're it like, up and now we forgot. It's something <laughs> message service. I would tell you, but I don't know. I don't know. But um, so if you click on the link, what is it? Does it like take over your phone? Like how does it? How it do could. It could take you to a, a, a website that is malicious or it mm. could actually open up some sort of payload on your phone if you're not careful. Um, like if you have automatic download set on your phone and you click on the link, it may it may download a file and execute. Oh my and, gosh. and right now. Um, you know, in today's age, we are really transitioning everything to your phone. I mean, the most personal information most people have is probably on their phone somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, so criminals and hackers are definitely starting to target the, the mobile devices a lot more now. So going back to phishing, what are things that I can look for when I get an email that says Will's in trouble in the Middle East camping somewhere? How do I know? Like, what are the different things I can look for to make sure that it's a phishing scam? The very first thing you should look for is the sender. So the from. If you don't recognize who it's from, mm -hmm. then don't open it. Huh. If you do recognize who it's from or you think you do, there's other indicators. And one of them is the most obvious. It's spelling. Things that are legit 
and sent out through companies, they're usually spell checked first. Yeah, and grammar. And grammar. Yeah. All of that stuff. So if you see strange mistakes in the email, there's a good chance that it's a phishing email. Okay. Um, there's also links in it. Um, unless you're expecting a file or a link to something from somebody, you really shouldn't be receiving them. It's probably either a phishing email or maybe it's spam, which is different. But either one, uh, we still don't want you clicking on it. <laughs> What's the difference between spam and phishing emails? Spam is just garbage email. It's marketing stuff. Okay. It's it, it Those are the stuff really... you probably don't see because it gets automatically filtered out. Right. Yeah. Right. Phishing emails, they're, they're have a, they have a goal to steal your password, steal your bank account information, steal your um, social security numbers. And if they get that information, they could get access to all kinds of personal information that you don't want them to have access to. Mm. So, okay, so you've got the email. There's some spelling errors. It doesn't look quite right. You're wondering if it was just a one-off mistake and it's still a legit email, but you, you're thinking it could be phishing. What do you do? So Outlook has this thing called the preview tool. Most uh, email softwares do. The easiest thing you can do is use that preview tool so you can actually view the message. You can read it, understand it, and then you can go from there. So if you decide to delete it or whatever, you have the opportunity to actually open it up and look at it. Um, other than that, if you think it's a phishing email, just delete it. If if it's someone that needs you and that's legit, they're going to reach out to you then. Yeah, we we have protections here at the credit union that I'm not going to go into, but it's to help fight the spam and, and the phishing emails. But in your personal life, like if you're at home using a Gmail account or Hotmail account, there's a lot of filters in those applications that can help filter that out. You could lock it down to only be able to receive emails from your contact list in your Gmail account or your Hotmail account. And that will filter out 99% of your junk and phishing emails because you're only going to receive emails from the people in your contact list. Mm. I'm sure there's probably a lot of people like myself who have multiple email accounts. And there's like one that I really only use for very specific purposes. And it's the one I view as important. And the others are the ones that I give, you know, my email to Gap or whatever for a coupon. Um, that is a very good, good, uh, good idea. I highly recommend it to have kind of like a private life email and a public life email. Oh, so all okay. your social media accounts go to one email account because you will also get lots of Christina's writing it down mm -hmm. for spam right and marketing stuff for that that you may not want cluttered up in your personal email that you use for your banking or you go check Credit Karma or you know the you know all the other stuff that you sign up for. Yeah. So I, I yeah. would highly recommend to do that. I also the right track look at me. Look at you. I also want to point out that he did legitimize Hotmail because I thought I was the only person on the planet that still had a Hotmail I mean, account. You might be. <laughs> hey, I'm still under 40. By the way, I looked up SMS just in case anybody is yeah, wondering, yeah, yeah. and it is short message service. It's the most widely used form of text messaging. Okay, I got three out of I got two out of three. You're, you're I can't math. You know what it was about. I I was close. I was close. So what happens if I get an email and it's from a friend, like it's from an email where I think it's a friend of mine. Can, can, can scammers impersonate people in my contact list? Absolutely. It may take them longer to get that information, but the goal of a hacker is to get as much information as they can so that they can pose to be somebody else and make you believe it. That's their goal. The more information that they have about you, the easier that job becomes. Yeah, a lot of times what they'll do is if they if your email account is compromised, they may not change your password, but they'll set up forwarding rules in there and 
let's face it, not everyone checks their their Outlook rules or their Gmail or Hotmail forwarding mm-hmm. rules. And every email that comes into their Gmail or out, Outlook or you know their their personal email goes right back out to the bad guy who is getting an exact copy of that email. And so they're just sitting there waiting and watching. And then when that one email comes in, that is that wire transfer or something, then they interject and then they then they hijack the email. And you think that original email is that person, but it's really coming from the bad guy. Oh man, who can Ooh. you trust? I'm nobody. No. So <laughs> but something I want to know, because my husband and I have a battle back and forth about this. When you get an email and you don't like one of those emails and you can unsubscribe, should you unsubscribe or should you just delete it? Just delete it. That, that unsubscribe link Dang it, I was could wrong. actually be malicious. Brian, you're out. Okay. No, I can't be. Dang, I, <laughs> Dang. I unsubscribed I, like I, yesterday from one. Me too. Okay, why? Why should we not unsubscribe and just let it just delete it? Because that link could be malicious. It's not taking ah. you to an unsubscribe link. It's actually opening up some other page or possibly even a file that you could download. Um, the best thing to do is if you're getting those types of emails to create a forwarding rule, forwards it straight to your your, your junk mail. Okay. Or the recycle bin. Good to know. Look at that. Don't up, unsubscribe. And I have to admit to my husband I was wrong. I'm really unhappy about the that. The other option you could do is you could get their, um, their contact center email address or their support and just email them from your personal to take you off the list as opposed to hitting the unsubscribe. Mm. It's a little bit safer of a way so you know you're you're initiating the contact with the, with the uh, marketing company or the... Yeah, you know, you know who you're reaching out to. Correct. So along that line, since there are so many different ways of um, these sort of scams coming at you, phishing, smishing, phishing, smurfing, smurfing. Um, what are what, uh, you know, uh, in terms of protecting our devices, um, how how do we protect our devices from this sort of thing? What's what are precautions we can take? And all of our devices. We have so many. Yeah. So, so for iPad, me, iPhone. I've... Yeah. Other eye, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my personally, I I have antivirus on my iPhone, um, on my computer at home. Those are just you know what we like to call technical controls to help uh, mitigate the risk, right? But at the end of the day, it's really user awareness. It's the more user awareness we can provide to you know our colleagues and people in the industry and um, and just our members, and that's really what it is is user awareness. We're always the we're always kind of like the weakest link, aren't we? Like human, we as people, the human, the human mm-hmm. equation yeah. is always kind of the weak link. Yeah, and and, and the problem is, is is the the emails themselves, like phishing emails, they're designed to kind of go around all your security controls. So if you have antivirus and stuff like that, but if you open one of these emails, it may not stop it because mm, you're allowing them to come in. You're giving them the keys. You yeah. open the door. Yeah. Christine's getting stressed out by this. I know. This, I'm like going like, to have oh. an ang- I'm getting itchy. And then she's like, I opened an email yesterday <laughs> in my Hotmail account. <laughs> I did recently have to change my password for my Hotmail account because Microsoft sent me a message that said somebody in Turkey tried to get into your, into your, and I honestly had not changed that password in over a year. So I'm like, oh, oh so I, I had to do that. I can barely get into my it. Gmail account. There's yeah. so much authentication that goes like, and they're always like trying to add another layer. They're like, do you want to add this third step of authentication? And uh. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> but that's good. It is. It's good. It's very good. Now, speaking of passwords, so many of us are working from home. I know I am currently working from home. Will, you're also working from home. Um, what is the benefit of 
of changing our passwords frequently, kind of like my Hotmail example. Like, what do I, how do, how do I protect my passwords, essentially? There's a lot of different schools of thought on the password changing. Some recommend changing it all the time. Some recommend making such a hard, long password that no one is ever going to guess it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you don't ever want to do with a password is write it down. If you can't remember it without writing it down, then you should probably come up with a new system. But how when I have to have 10 characters and so, one has to be a, a number and one has to be a symbol? Personally, I, I like using what we call passphrases. So think of a sentence or something that you love in life. Maybe so it's a hobby. Think of a sentence and then say it out loud. Something. <laughs> you could make that your password. Okay. And if it's a sentence, I mean, that could be 128 character password that's never going to get hacked unless you write it down. Okay. And I guess I could change some of the letters to symbols. So if it says like, I love the beach, I could use Absolutely. the A as the at sign or the one is the I. Could it, Would signs. that be? Oh, yeah. You could put a numbers at the end, you know, uh, that password. But yeah, the, the passphrase is definitely the best way to go. It's a lot easier to remember and they're more, more likely to be longer characters. Um, and it just takes longer for a hacker to use the tools out there to, to brute force attack it. Okay. So will that password you have, that's will one, two, three, four, five, you need to change that like now. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Caught me. Are there any other things that we should or should not use as passwords? Like what should we avoid? There are many lists out there. Um, that detail commonly used words and passwords and and they're out there as public information anybody can grab them so you know the hackers are grabbing them too Mm -hmm. Um, and then they will actually put that those lists into software that essentially try to to break your password automatically so they just they essentially hit a button on a computer and it it starts its thing and if it if you're using will one two three four five (laughs) i can guarantee you it will get cracked probably pretty quickly yeah and a lot of times you know, which is a bad practice, people will use the same password for multiple accounts. So if a hacker gets your email password, they, you might be using that same password for your credit union account or, you know, you log it into Credit Karma or, or, or whatever else. And so, that's, you know, you want to separate those out as much as you can. I think there's also sometimes like I personally forget my passwords um, based on the fact that like it's a mobile app I'm using on my phone and the face ID just pulls me into my bank or wherever I'm logging into every time. So um, sometimes when I go to the real website, I'm faced with t- like actually typing in the password. It's like, oh, <laughs> don't remember that one. Yeah, there are some free password vaults out there um, and also paid for software that you could use. Um, obviously, the paid for is going to offer more features and it may be safer. You might get support on it. Whereas a free version, they might say, well, you can use it, but it's your problem. Yeah, but they are they are more safe. But then you got to remember the password to get in your password vault, <laughs> which is also a challenge. So. Which is also capital W will one two three four five. <laughs> Just don't use the word password. Password. Yes. Password. Right. You'd be surprised. Some people do that. Wow. Well, to kind of circle back to where we were talking, what we were talking about at the very beginning with Christina having to freeze her credit. Um, what about that? Like, is that something that we should look into preemptively? Like, should we start? Should we look into freezing our credit before it's before there's like a, a hack or whatever? If you know that you're not going to be opening up any accounts within the next like six months or in the short term, I would highly recommend freezing your account. 
Um, and this this is a, a preventative measure to protect yourself so the bad guys don't open up accounts in your name. Um, I personally have a, a credit freeze on my account um, for that for that reason. Yeah, I've definitely since I've done that since I've 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 done that at all three of the credit bureaus, and I've received so much less like pre-qualified credit card at, uh, mail and all that. So I have noticed a big difference when I froze my my credit. Yeah, and you just got to remember because there's three credit bureaus that you got to go to all three, you know, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. So if you just do it on one, the other two will still be unlocked. So you just got to make sure to go to all three. Yeah, and when you go to all three, you can also take the chance to pull your credit report. So that is yeah. correct. Good idea. And it wasn't that hard. I didn't find it to be that tedious. All right. Let's pause and take a quick break, and then we'll return with our Making It Count Essentials. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Addition Financial, a member-owned, not-for-profit financial cooperative. Count them into your financial journey by exploring their educational content, membership, and everything they have to offer at additionfi.com. Federally insured by NCUA and an equal housing lender. All right, we're back. So let's jump in with some questions quick questions and tips from our experts. All right, guys, you ready? Ready for some quick fire questions? We are ready. All right. Man, they sound ready, don't they? They do. All right. So the first one is, if I read something recently about debt collecting scams, what should our listeners know? They should be wary of any debt collector who refuses to disclose information about the debt, doesn't want to follow up with written notice, makes threats at them, yells at the phone Mm. to them. Um, about any unpaid debt and never give money via a prepaid card or a money transfer or your bank account to the debt collector. What other scams and fraud attempts should people be aware of? Right now, you just got to keep your head on a swivel because it's coming from every direction you can think of. Um, the phishing emails, the the, the call scams, uh, IRS scams, they're, they're what's hot right now. Uh, so they'll be the more common scams to look out for, but really anybody calling you, uh, contacting you, asking for information should not be happening. If they're legit, they should actually already have your information. Mm. So basically anybody that needs anything, <laughs> be wary, ask questions, um, and, and make sure they are kind of lean into the phone and be like, who are you? Exactly. <laughs> what do you want? Um, well, normally people like normally we would get a free credit report every year, but I've read that that's changed. What's changed? So uh, annualcreditreport.com is allowing you to do it from all three credit bureaus once a week for the next year. Once a week? Once a week. Wow. That's like hitting the lottery. Once Christina's a week. Christina's got a new habit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a new hobby, I should say. Yes. And you should also, there's also another site out there called Credit Karma that, that I know I mentioned a couple times in the podcast, but it's a good site as well. What about working from home? Does that open people up to new threats being at home? It does. Uh, now you're spending all your time either at work or at home at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still connecting to all of your personal accounts as well as your work accounts. And there's just more going on. So every person now has more more thoughts, more distractions. And just with the atmosphere, you might be more lax at home than you would be at work. So you might not follow the same secure practices and procedures that you would if you're in the office. So really you need to take those procedures and policies home and practice the same things. Are you saying I'm not as focused because my five-year-old's downstairs yelling and screaming while I'm on a conference call? That's exactly oh. what I'm saying. Oh, 
that makes sense. No, it's all coming together. <laughs> all right, guys, final question. What's the one piece of advice to avoid getting scammed during the pandemic? Well, I think it starts with uh, just not injecting yourself with household cleaners or disinfectant. You got to be alive. <laughs> good to, start. Good idea. But it's about idea. scams. Like yeah. Okay. So about the scams, I think the biggest thing is just to be aware. You know, look at the text messages that you're getting. Look at the emails. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Um, you know, if you're getting a text message or a, a fraudster calling you, or ask for a callback number. Just just really be aware. Look at the the from address. You know, if somebody is sending you a phishing email and they're telling you that you won five million dollars and it's coming from, uh, you know, overseas, a prince overseas, it's probably not true. Just take note of that, Christina. It's probably not happening. Man, I get. I used to get those emails like once a week, like some Nigerian prince is giving me a million dollars, and yes. I have to. But I have to transfer a certain amount of funds to them That's before right. I can get the million That's dollars. Right. You got to spend That's money to make money. <laughs> No, but just be aware. Thank you guys so much. I'm sure our listeners will feel better after getting such practical advice. Yeah, that was really great advice. Thank and you now for us. I want you guys to stick around because we're actually going to go to our next segment that's called the sum up. So the first thing we want to talk about in the sum up is related to a trend I've seen all over my own Instagram stories. Have you seen the bingo cards popping up uh, on social media, Christina? I love the bingo cards. Like I've done a Disney bingo card and a UCF bingo card and one about um Shopping small in downtown Sanford. I love the bingo cards. Bingo cards cards are fun. I did one about like takeout in Orlando. Yes. Yeah, the takeout bingo. Definitely. Well, the Federal Trade Commission has decided to raise awareness about potential fraud during the pandemic by jumping on this bingo card trend and creating a scam bingo card for people to share on social media. Kevin, Brian, have you guys seen that? I, I actually haven't, but anything that raises awareness is always a good thing. It's so much fun. I actually looked it up and I can't wait to share it on my own Instagram. But it's like every time. OK, so we're going to do it right here, right now. So how have you guys gotten a robocall? Any yes. Just, yes. Robocall. OK. Yes. What about um, how to get a test for COVID-19? Oh, I haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten that emails. one either. Have you gotten emails about mm-hmm. that? Emails. I've not gotten that one. OK, what about this? Um, that the government wants to give you free money. Yes. Yes. Will, have you gotten have that one? Gotten Still that. waiting a, on a second, <laughs> a second stimulus check. Really? You're going to get a second one. Get on that, Kevin, like right <laughs> now. All right. Another one. Um, have you, let's see. Um, have you gotten a phone call that your phone says it's likely scam? No. No? You haven't got, I get phone calls spam on my risk, uh, Spam yes. Yes, spam, this risk. Is spam risk. I don't answer them. No, no, me either. So that's so much fun. So this is available bingo. right now. I know. See, we we <laughs> they got bingo and the free space and we're good. Um, well, this is available. We'll post it in our show notes so that yep. we can have you guys share it. And then you guys can share it, too, on your social media pages. And it'll be a lot of fun. And look at that. We just hit bingo. Bingo. <laughs> what do we win? Yeah. What do we a win? A million Christina? dollars from the prince. <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> but you're going to wire me $10,000 yes, first. Through my PayPal account. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for thank joining us today. Thank you. For I know. Us. I know. I have learned a lot. So thank you, guys, and thanks for sharing your password, Kevin. Yes. Two, three, four, five. Anytime. It's Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. One, two, three, four. Five. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag or pound yeah. sign. Oh, let's not even go down that road about what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, here is our favorite segment that we like to call. What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? So today was super helpful for me because I learned a lot. 
I learned a lot about the vocabulary, like the fishing and schmishing and, and smurfing. Like I had no idea about that. But something that I will do as soon as this podcast is over is I didn't know how we should be changed. Like we should have a master password and that we should be changed, like making sure that you use those password phrases because I don't have a password phrase. So I really think that that's a really great idea that I'm going to take and do it like as soon as we're done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like the idea of a passphrase. Um, I think for me, um, I definitely realized I probably should go ahead and put a freeze on my credit because I'm not really doing anything with my credit right now. Um, except for monitoring it through Credit Karma, actually. Which you can do once a week now. Do, yeah, you can actually pull your actual credit report once a week. Um, so I'll probably do that alongside of going ahead and freezing the credit and just doing that precautionary measure. Do it. It's so easy. Yeah. Do it. At the end of every episode, we like to leave our listeners with a resource to help them manage their money. Today's is the Essential Credit Card Fraud Prevention and Detection Guide. I love this piece of content because it really provides all the information that anyone would need to protect their identities and their credit cards. Um, you can search for this guide on the Addition Financial Resource Center, and we've actually put a link in the guide into our show notes, and it's totally free. Addition Financial will also be hosting a webinar on this same topic entitled Scams and Shams later this month. Anyone can register at additionfi.com slash webinars or find the link in our show notes. Addition Financial also uploads the webinar recordings to their YouTube page if you can't make it to the live session. You can find the link to their YouTube page in the show notes as well. Okay, Scams and Shams is like the coolest name for it's a webinar name. ever. It's a good name. I love it. I'll be tuning in. And then if you want any other helpful tips on avoiding financial scams, you can visit their security center at editionfi.com slash security dash center. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe or follow to stay up to date on our latest episodes. In the meantime, send us your questions and share your success stories by emailing us at podcast at And whatever you do, make, make it count. It count.